Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Sass. And we're going to take you away from the play. This week on Away From The Play, we are switching things up. We're going to talk basketball, and we were so lucky to have Nafisa Collier, who is a guard for the Minnesota Lynx, in the WNBA. Needless to say, Mel and I were so pumped to have her on the pod. We were so fired up that we've been wanting WNBA player for a long time, and we finally got that opportunity with someone who was drafted six overall in the 2019 WNBA draft. Fee was also rookie of the year in 2019. She is a 2016 NCAA champion with the powerhouse Yukon Huskies, and she's also represented the U.S. national women's basketball team. All-around hero. Yeah, she really is. And she's so young and she's accomplished so much. So, you know, it was really cool to talk to her about what the bubble was like this past summer. Of course, we had to talk about the social justice movement that took place as well. Um, And, you know, one of the main reasons we got Nafisa on this podcast was to talk to her about her podcast uh, with Asia Wilson of the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, It's called Tea with A and Fee. Mel and I are such huge fans, so it was great to touch on a, a bunch of topics, and it was just a really fun interview to do with Fee. Yeah, she's incredibly easy to talk to. Not only is she an accomplished athlete, she's just an incredible human, and we hope you guys enjoy this episode, and definitely check out their podcast, Tea with A and Fee. Yes, check out their podcast. We make a lot of references to it in our episode. So definitely do yourselves a favor and check out To You With A and Fee. And just so you all know, uh, we got in touch with Nafisa. I think it was near the end of October. Uh, So yeah, that's it. Enjoy the episode. Mel and I are thrilled to have WNBA superstar Nafisa Collier with us. Thank you so much for joining us, Fee. Yes, thanks for having me, guys. Before uh, we get started, we wanted to just uh, pay a little tribute to your podcast, Tea with and Fee. We both mm-hmm. have our, our tea here. Yes. We're <laughs> from a distance, of course. Uh, social uh, distancing rules apply here. But um, so, so Fee, we wanted to know, like, how have you, how have you been doing? It's about, it's been about a month, I think, uh, since the playoffs are have ended, and now you're in your off season. So, you know, how have you been doing uh, in LA and and holding up during this uh, pandemic? Oh uh, yeah, it's been good. Um, it's been warm, which is nice. So I went from Florida, which was warm, uh, to here. And, you know, my family's back in Missouri and then some of my friends are in Minnesota and they're telling me about <laughs> snowstorms and how cold it is. And I'm glad I'm not back in that reality yet, but I go home soon. So <laughs> you guys are in Montreal, so I'm sure it's probably cold there too right now. Yeah. Frisk. Yeah. Not that yet. Yeah. So, the, snow, the snow hasn't flown yet, but soon. Soon. for that first fall, yeah. Winter is coming. Uh, <laughs> So, like, beyond having, like, a a successful season, you know, in the midst of a pandemic, obviously, number one was keeping you guys safe and, like, showing some good basketball. 
Um, do you think like the wobble actually kind of helped advance the WNBA? So in the final, the TV ratings were up like 15%. Um, do you think sort of having this wobble in the midst of a pandemic was maybe slightly positive for viewership and just, uh, I guess, putting the WNBA out there more? Yeah, I think it was positive for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, the first reason that we wanted our season to be focused on Black Lives Matter and dedicated to Breonna Taylor. So that really kind of gave us a platform to keep talking about that, because even though we're professional athletes and people might listen to us more than, um, you know, maybe an average person, having an actual season kind of just keeps us more relevant to be able to talk on that subject more. And then ratings, yeah, were a lot better for us this year, starting even from the draft. Um, just because, I mean, it's a pandemic, so people don't really have a lot to do. Um, so we had more people tuning in. And then I think they kind of stayed because they saw the quality of the content that we were putting out when we stepped on the court. Um, so, yeah, I was definitely taking some positives out of a bad situation being in that bubble. Yeah, and I, I think, like, for us, Safi and I, it's like the WMA is, like, been a little bit difficult to access like in Canada like you have to like find yeah. links and stuff so accessibility was like improved and obviously the talent is there and the product is awesome um I was wondering like aside from the experience of living in a wobble um was the basketball any different like obviously you have to see your opponents potentially after like a tough loss and you know maybe take an elevator elevator ride with refs that you know, blew the game for you. So like, was playing the basketball different for you guys in that environment? Uh, yeah, it was different. Um, it was weird to, you know, at first, I think in the beginning, it was weird. So like, you would have practice and you'd be scouting these teams, and you go eat lunch with them. And it's like, I'm scouting you and I know what you do, or like, you guys just beat us or wherever <laughs> yeah. it might be. But I think for the most part, we did a good job of leaving it on the court. Um, everyone's actually super friendly with each other. We probably all band together to be against the refs more than anything. <laughs> um, just seeing them was more awkward than seeing the other players just because we had a common enemy. <laughs> but no, it was great. Well, you mentioned That's in your awesome. podcast, uh, you know, there were a couple couple of services that were offered, I think maybe midway through the bubble, uh, especially with the hairdressers that came and the hair removal services. Um, you know, were there any other, I guess, quote unquote perks, if you will, or, you know, were there things that were missing and you wish that you had? Um, I think those were kind of the only like services that we had, but, um, it honestly, it was a lot of fun. I just came from college and it kind of reminded me of that again, um, rooming with my teammates, being so close to them. And it was cool being around the other teams because I have friends, um, on other teams. So you got to see them a lot more than you would in a regular season. And the campus that we stay on is huge, IMG Academy. Um, it's a high school, which I've never seen a high school that nice. It looks like a wow. college campus. Um, and they did a great job of, like, planning little events to keep us engaged and trying to make it as fun for us as possible. So I actually had a good time. <laughs> I guess, yeah, definitely, like, coming up from college, when you, when you enter the real world, it's almost, like, more difficult. So you did kind of have a, a nice transition. Now, this is, like, your second season, right? So mm -hmm. was it very different in general from your first season? Obviously, it was a bubble pandemic. But, like, for mm -hmm. you personally, did you find it different? Are you just, like, more confident? Yeah, I think um, just being a lot more comfortable, um, everything wasn't so brand new. I mean, I knew the plays – coming in, I knew my teammates more. I knew what the system of our team was about. Um, so it was just kind of hard the first time around. And 
you know, I really, I felt bad for the rookies this year because everything was so different and new for them. And having that um, shortened season, you really had to like learn quickly or you were left behind. So they did a great job. I really commend them on how quickly they had, they picked up things because it was not easy. Yeah, well, you, you mentioned had a large volume. Sorry, Sassy. Yeah, no you worries, guys were playing like every every second ga- day or so from what we yeah. heard. So that that takes a toll on your body. Um, do you think that was kind of detrimental a little bit? I know you guys spoke to a lot of injuries. Um, mm-hmm. do, do you think yeah. it hurt? Yeah, it was hard. Um, we played every other day, which was also great for ratings because you could turn on the TV every single day and there was a game. Um, so it was great from an entertainment standpoint, but from having to actually do it, it, it is really hard on your body. And I think you saw that with a lot of injury, injuries throughout the league, unfortunately. And, you know, going into it, we knew that was going to be a risk. We knew what the um, schedule was going to look like. We knew that there were going to be injuries. So it's not like it was a shock, but it was still obviously really hard to go through. Yeah, it seemed pretty tough. Like every week there were new injuries announced and to a lot of like well-known players on top of mm-hmm. it all. But I think it was cool because like Mel and I were getting into the game this this year really, in my case really, was the summer that I, I really watched a lot of WNBA. And I, I realized that there were a lot of stars who weren't there for either health reasons or because they got injured early. So it exposed me and I think a lot of people to other players who maybe in a, in a regular situation might have not um, been on the court. But um. We want to move on to your podcast because, again, like I said, Mel and I, like, we just got into the WNBA. And when I found out that you and Asia Wilson had a podcast, I was like, okay, well, this is a great way for me to, like, learn another side, to learn the personalities uh, in the game. And, like, honestly, like, your friendship with Asia, like, it it shined through. And, you know, as a listener, I felt like, you know, I see your logo, the two of you sitting, sipping tea or coffee. And I felt like I was there, too. So, like, how come you guys decided to do a podcast? Is that something you've always wanted to do? No, it's not something that's ever been on my radar or I've felt compelled to ever do. Um, <laughs> it was actually my fiance's idea. And I was like, what am I going to talk about for 30 minutes to an hour? Just talking, you know, I don't like to do that. <laughs> Why would you even suggest this to me? <laughs> but um, no, I, we thought it was a good idea because first of all, age is awesome. Her personality is so much fun. Um, to be around and we just thought it'd be cool to like hear our perspectives being two younger people in the league two up-and-coming people in the league mm-hmm. um, how we kind of view the world and how we view like how it changed from when we used to watch it when we were younger and how our perspective might be different than you know the vets and the mm-hmm. legends in our um, in our league so we thought that it would just kind of be cool to talk about that and to bring other people on and talk about what they do that's awesome before this, had you ever like listened to podcasts or this was just out of the blue? Your fiance was like, you should try this. And you were like, wait, what is a podcast? Like, <laughs> did you consume I it have before? been a guest on podcasts, but I never <laughs> listened. Um, but doing that has made me want, I'm a really big reader. Okay. So I haven't, like, I want to listen to podcasts, especially like I'm really into mysteries. So I, I heard there's some good like murder mystery podcasts, but like, I just can't get away from my books yet. <laughs> So um, it's really when I travel that I listen to audiobooks or I would listen to a podcast. So I'm about to start doing that more coming up. So that's when I think I'm going to start checking that out more. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those things where you, you find one podcast and then you get hooked and then eventually mm-hmm. you expand. Because like I, like you for a while, I was just like, 
eh, I don't know, I'd rather listen to music or like pick up a book or watch a show. But then I, I found one podcast I like, and then it just like grew from there. And then, well, look where we are. We have a podcast. <laughs> um, is this something that you and Asia are going to bring back uh, next season or continuing the off season or, you know, those eight episodes you released in the bubble, like that was it? Yeah, we're hoping to do a season two because we had so much fun. Um, it's going to be a little bit harder because I'm sure as you guys know, technology, like doing it over Zoom is a lot different than doing mm -hmm. it when you tour together and then maybe bringing on a guest. Yeah. Um, so we haven't had an episode when we've had to do that yet. So we'll see. But we're definitely hopeful for, you know, another season because it was so much fun. And um, yeah, I think we'd like to keep going. I think you should. Honestly, listening to it is, is really fun. I like how you guys keep it loose at one point. You, you and Asia were laughing so much and trying to cover the mic and it like I was laughing in my kitchen because it was so contagious um and I think like as a non-basketball player and like I never really watched that much basketball um started watching the WNBA obviously I watched Raptors you know when we won because I think all of Canada jumped Canada. on that yeah. <laughs> on that ship <laughs> Um, but you know, I'm learning so much, just like the lingo you guys use too. I was like, wait, I don't even know what that means. And I'm like Googling shit. I'm like, I was like, I forget that like other athletes also have their own language. Like I'm sure if people hear me talk about hockey, they're just like, if you don't experience it. But one parallel I did find is that, you know, you and Asia talked a lot about like the refs and sort of the inconsistency in, in refing. And, and this is something I experienced in women's hockey as well so like I was wondering where do you think that comes from and then like why are they so reluctant to like let us play physical because it's the same thing on our end and and do you think this is something that's just going to change with like more experience you know what do you think it is about refing inconsistency in, in your sport um I'm sure it's some kind of like non-conscious sex sexism bias um saying that we can't be as physical or we don't want to get anyone to get hurt um, so I think it will um, eventually be more equal. Either they're going to make the men play less physical or they're going to let us play more physical. Um, I know it stems from a good place. I don't want anyone to get hurt, but yeah. you have to be, in my opinion, consistent because we're playing the exact same sport. So why are our roles different than theirs? It's the same thing. Like, and if it's inconsistent for me, what I find is like it affects the way I play my game because I could go in the corner against one girl and kind of like lay my shoulder in her it's fine get the puck and then mm -hmm. next play I go do the same thing I get a penalty so like the third time I go in the corner I'm like what should I do like I was exactly like, and that's rumble under me or not yeah. <laughs> exactly and that's what um I'm pretty sure I tweeted about this or something but um I would rather let them let them let us play more physical but I just want you to call consistently throughout the game, at least. Yeah. So I know how to play throughout the game. It's not like every other possession. It's a different call. So I definitely feel you on that one. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. I feel um, you, girl. <laughs> I know. I, every time I watch, like, when I worked in women's hockey, so that's how Mel and I met. And, like, I'd be watching the game and something would be called. And I was like, wait, that wasn't called two seconds ago. Like, this doesn't. This doesn't make any sense, but yeah. I feel like refing is like the most frustrating part it's of going forever. the sport. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, moving on. So, you know, you mentioned BLM uh, towards the start of the interview and, you know, we wanted to talk about the social justice uh, movement that took place, especially in the WNBA. Like, I mean, historically, the league and its players have been so involved in so many different movements um, when it comes to social justice. And I really feel like the players have set the standard 
for how other teams uh, and, and other sports leagues should conduct themselves. Um, you know, so, you know, in the bubble, you were all together. Um, was it easier to mobilize having that proximity with each other, especially when sometimes it was a bit more last min minute, like with the protests, with all the different leagues uh, canceling their games? Like, what was it like to kind of live that all together? It was a lot easier to all be in the same place because um, you're not having to juggle trying to get everyone on the phone or on a Zoom call to try to get because we do do a really great job of trying to get everyone's opinion before we make a decision because we like to stand in solidarity. Um, so we're all pushing out the same message. So they do try to get us together with all those big decisions. So being able to just kind of go in a room instead of, like I said, juggling, getting everyone on the phone was a lot easier especially with the protests when at the last minute we were meeting at the gym, two teams, mm -hmm. um, there was two games that day. And so there was four teams and um, it's 30 minutes before the first game. And we're all on the court talking about if we're even going to play. So it was really crazy. And um, it was nice to, especially with what our cause is, being able to be so close to talk about it because like you said, there were snap decisions that had to be made um, mm -hmm. and being together just made it so much easier. Yeah, I bet. And, you know, recently your your commissioner, Kathy Engelbert, she stated that, you know, this wasn't a one and done situation. This is something that the league wants to continue being vocal about. And we've seen throughout this this season how there are certain owners, I believe it was the Atlanta Dreams owner, who's not so fond of uh, Black Lives Matter. And you guys are very, very vocal about that. So what is how does it feel like as a player to see that? OK, yeah, there are certain owners who aren't on the same page. But at least, you know, you have your commissioner who's backing, backing all the players up moving forward. Yes. Um, it's, I mean, it's awesome. Like, sorry, it's really loud out here. It's totally fine. <laughs> uh, it's awesome being a part of a league who um, supports us in what we do, knowing that we're more than athletes and um, we see change that we want to help enact. So, um, yeah, the whole ownership with Atlanta was obviously really disheartening, distressing to us because – um, why do you even want to be a part of our league if you feel that way, being mm -hmm. who the members of the league yeah. are? Um, so we just, I think, came from a point of obviously we disagree with what her stance was and questioning why she wouldn't be involved with us in the first place. But mm -hmm. for the most part, the league has been awesome, being on our side, helping us in any way that they can. Um, if we want to do anything, if we have any questions, they've been great with just helping us get our message out and all that. So I feel really lucky to be a part of a league that supports us so fully no and it, it's it's really a beautiful thing and you guys deserve so much credit like I know sometimes people look to the NBA after they boycotted their games and you know we're all actively like somebody else has been doing this for years like you guys deserve <laughs> all the credit and I think do you do you think this like mobilization is gonna kind of trickle down to the NCAA like at UConn you know as a team were you guys ever involved in social justice movements obviously maybe not to the extent where you could kind of boycott a game, but do you, is your hope that it trickles down to the NCAA sports where they have also a lot of power? Yeah, they have so much power in the NCAA. Um, you know, I would say they probably have more power than we do in the WNBA. College sports is watched so, so much, and it brings in so much money that if you start messing with that, people who make that money are going to make a change yeah. because you're mm -hmm. affecting their pocketbooks, and that's what it, what's important to them. Um, we never had anything like that really when I was there. The biggest thing was our discussion of were we going to go to the White House if we won. 
because of, you know, Trump, obviously. (laughs) Um, So that was kind of the biggest decision that we had to make. And, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen in the future or if they're going to have any decisions like that coming up. But I hope that they do realize that they have a voice and they can stand up the same way that we did. Um, And they're going to have a huge, it's going to be a huge um, thing if they do that. Because like I said, NCAA is such a powerhouse that something's going to have to change. Yeah. And and they almost like don't have anything to lose. Like, you know, already they're being exploited. Like I played NCAA like, you know, maybe you'll threaten to take my scholarship away, but there's no way they're going to do that. And I'm not making any money. So, Mm -hmm. so you're right. They probably have more power, I guess, you know, with boycotting the games, was that like a a difficult decision? Um, Because obviously we love sport, but as a, as a unit, was that an easy decision for you guys? You're like, this is the right thing to do. There's, there's no hesitation? Um, it wasn't an easy decision. We, um, we wanted to start, stand in solidarity with the NBA because we knew the cause was right. But we also knew that um, we came to the league with this season knowing that we had to play games um, to get our message out. And if we did play the game, we could still get our message out. We could do different things throughout the game. We could have like a and an idea was in the beginning of each quarter, um, we take the first position off. So the announcers have an opportunity to talk about Black Lives Matter, um, doing different things. So some people have the opinion of if we don't play, then we're not going to get the airtime to talk about those things. And we did come to the bubble knowing that we had to play these games. And then obviously, for the most part, in the end, we decided that we needed to stand with NBA and what they were doing for these games. So. Mm-hmm. No, it was not an easy decision. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine, but it, it was inspiring. Like as as a, mm-hmm. a fan and just as a as a person, it was inspiring, and I was really proud of you guys for that. And I'm really mm-hmm. proud of you guys. And I hope women's hockey, like we need to improve hockey in general, needs to improve. Like we are so far behind and so sad. So you know, with our future league, hopefully, like we hope to kind of be as 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 I guess, like equitable and um, as you guys and really fight for what you believe in. So I just, yeah, that's absolutely. not even a question. Like, um, no, it was but really I fun to you watch you guys absolutely. in the bubble. Yeah. Well, I mean, even for myself this summer, I was just so discouraged by seeing the lack of action from a bunch of leagues. And, you know, that's actually one of the reasons why I got into the WNBA because I was like, okay, these are a group of women who are speaking up for what matters. And I just thought, especially when you're on social media, you see so much crap all the time. And I was like, okay, if I follow WNBA, like the message is getting across and Mm -hmm. it's an insanely, obviously you guys are all super, super talented. And I was just mad at myself for, for missing out on all these years. So, but I'll get my merch. I'll get my, my red, my orange hoodie pretty soon. (laughs) It took, it took so long to get this thing. Like (laughs) ship in Montreal seemed like it. Yeah. They're like, it was like stuck at the border. They're like, (laughs) Like, what is this orange shitty? I'm like, it's fine, just cross. Oh no, <laughs> I guess um, kind of. I was gonna say, yeah, they're probably like, come from America. Uh, oh, I, yeah, <laughs> should we allow this across the border? I'm not so sure. <laughs> are you sure you want this? <laughs> I guess, um, you know, you guys are inspiring a, a lot of young girls, and just transitioning to that, um, you're new in the league. Um, how is the WNBA like an inspiration for you? Like, was that your, what you always wanted to achieve or for you, was it more the Olympic team? Like in women's hockey, we don't have a professional league at the moment that's really mm-hmm. viable or like pays a living wage. So for us, like the pinnacle of it is the Olympic team. 
for you, did you always aspire to the WNBA or was it when you were younger, it was just kind of like this fun league and it, it's grown up over the time? Um, how, how yeah, inspire you? I think when I was younger, I think it was definitely the Olympics um, because I, I honestly wasn't a huge sports watcher growing up. I did, I played a lot of sports. I played a bunch of sports, but I was more, um, you know, like I said, I love to read, go to the movies, hang out with my family, do other things. I think it was because I was playing so many sports. When I got home, I kind of wanted a break from it. So it was something that we always watched. And so the Olympics was something that I always strived for. And then when I got into, you know, like high school, college, obviously at that point, I'm like, okay, this is something that I want to do professionally. And that's really when I kind of locked into it and started watching a lot more and kind of set my sights on it. That's so cool. I mean, and that's actually a great segue because we wanted to talk about the Olympics. Uh, we did a little bit of uh, research, of course, on you, and we saw that you were named to uh, Team USA's three-on-three basketball team, which is uh, going to be brand new uh, at the Summer Olympics, hopefully in 2021 in Tokyo. So we wanted to talk to you about that. Hopefully. I mean, I've never, yeah, fingers crossed at this point. Um, but, you know, like, what are some of the differences, I guess, when it comes to training for three-on-three basketball and I guess regular basketball, is it, is it similar or, you know, do you gotta, do you have to work your, your cardio even more uh, to be in tip top shape? <laughs> it's really, really different. They're basically two different sports, actually. Um, the goal is the same to score, but like the way you play is so different. And yes, cardio is huge. <laughs> I like the first practice of three on three. Because, Wait, is, um, it, is it the, the same longest court? Go, it's a half court. Okay. Okay. So it's like, sorry for yeah. cutting you off. I'm imagining this big court. I'm like, yo, I can win the two times down. <laughs> I know. That would be <laughs> no, it's a half court. So that's good. But it's the first one to score 21 points or a 10 minute game. Um, it goes by ones and twos, but there's a 12 second shot clock. So there's a, a shot going up at least every 12 seconds. So it's just really fast paced, really fun to watch. There's four people on your team. Um, one sub. So what? no coach. There's no coach allowed. Yeah. Ooh. It's really fun though makes me think it's like street basketball like there's fewer rules like it's fast paced um as far as rules other than the 12 second shot clock is everything else kind of the same is there a three-point line um there's a three-point line uh it is like street ball because it's way rougher you can be a lot more aggressive in it um nice i mean there are little rule changes like when the other team scores you have to clear they can't touch you in the circle of the hoop Okay. Um, and then you have to clear the ball from the three-point line. Yeah, different things like that. You can – it is it is like street ball, though, honestly. It's very aggressive. I'm really excited to watch it. That sounds fun. Like, I was telling Safia while you were frozen, it kind of makes me think – I don't know if you've ever watched rugby. I never really watched rugby until the past Olympics when rugby sevens came in. And I was like, shit, this thing is fire. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, just so much faster than normal rugby. And rough as shit. Like, those, those women are, like – machines i'm like they run fast scary i know it's fun (laughs) to watch so fun so i mean we're really excited um (laughs) to watch that i guess um what do you think this is this impact is gonna have for like the sports do you think this is gonna elevate basketball in general elevate just three-on-three basketball for younger um people i guess what do you think the impact is gonna be so it's actually been a pretty big deal um, around the world, except for America, for a while now. Three on three has been okay. pretty popular, and um, yeah, I don't know. So we were at our training camp for USA um, for three on three, and we obviously thought we were preparing for the Olympics. But 
Um, one of the coaches said that they think it's going to translate down to high school and AAU tournaments and things like that, and there's going to be scholarships in the future where people will play college. I don't know if that will ever happen. It'll be crazy, but that's what he's projecting. We have a little game we want to play with you. It might seem familiar. It's something that you and Asia do in your own podcast. So it's start one, bench one, cut one. But it's the dessert. Excellent. (laughs) So we want to know between banana bread, apple pie, and chocolate chip cookies. Which one do you start? Which one you bench? And which one you cut? Okay. That one's easy. I'm going to start banana bread because obviously. Obviously. (laughs) Bench cookies and cut apple pie. All right, that's okay. what we thought. I was trying to think. I was like, okay, what's like, I want to make it hard, but I was like, I don't know what desserts aside from banana bread. <laughs> um, I love cupcakes. It would have been a hard decision who to start if oh. it was cupcakes. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> see. Well, we would like some tea. So did Asia finally eat your banana bread? Like we need to know. Like we can't wait a whole other season. Yeah, we no. gotta know. <laughs> she did not eat my banana bread. Criminal. Did Holly bring her some uh, banana bread in the bubble, but she couldn't eat it because there were nuts in it, I think? Yeah, yeah, she did. Which I'm kind of glad because I need her. I need to control this outcome. Like I need to control. <laughs> I need to make the banana bread. I need to make it with sour cream, but tell her there's no sour cream, and then I'll That's tell her Ashley likes it. Yeah, so. That's the I best way to do it. About- I had never heard about the sour cream. Me neither. I had to Google that shit. I was like, what recipe is she using? <laughs> Maybe it's like yeah. an American secret that us Maybe. in Canada, we don't Maybe. know about. You put it in muffins or like bread type things, it makes it really moist. So Next time you just tell her, here's some brown bread. Because it's here's like a little brownish, right? Like here's some healthy <laughs> here's brown some bread, bread. <laughs> some uh, food before the game. <laughs> yeah. uh, before we let you go, just quickly, uh, you know, do you have any plans for the off season? Are you going to be playing overseas or you're staying put? Uh, in the U.S.? So I'm planning to play in January overseas. I haven't signed anywhere yet, but um, right now until, you know, Christmas, December, I'm just kind of with my family and working out and trying to, um, you know, recover and things like that. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, let your body heal a little bit. Um, Before we let you go, Fee, do you want to plug your podcast and social media so people can find you? Yes. Um, So our podcast is Tea with A and Fee. And our page is WNBAT. So follow us and look for more updates. Any chance uh, your merch can be uh, made available in Canada? Because I tried ordering and it was like US only. Oh, no. Okay, I'll tell them. All right. All right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be keeping an eye. All right. Thank you so much for joining Mel and I. This was such a fun conversation. And, uh, you know, we hope to one day watch a WNBA game in in person once uh, this pandemic ends. And, uh, We'll be there cheering for you. Yes, thank you guys. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Balado Quebec. And guess what? This episode is actually available on YouTube. So we're on YouTube as well at Away From The Play Podcast. You can show us some love on Facebook and Instagram at Away From The Play and on Twitter at Mel underscore and underscore Saffs. You can follow us individually on Twitter at Saffs underscore on the go. And of course, Mel at Mel The Rock. Special thanks to Mathieu Brutus for the music and Nai Malouf for the brand new logo. You could also give them a follow on Instagram too. See you next week. Thank you.